0: Good morning. I'm so pleased and delighted to be back here with you. And before we share in the story of the, of the day of Pentecost from the second chapter of the book of Acts, let's have a little context first. Shavuot was and is a Jewish festival. Shavuot is the Hebrew word for weeks. The festival is also known as the Feast of Weeks since it takes place seven weeks after Passover. It's also known in the Greek as Pentecost, as it happens 50 days after Passover. Um, Shavuot, Pentecost, was one of the so-called pilgrimage festivals for the Jews in Jesus' time where every Jew who could would make a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. One of them was Passover. We all know Jesus and his disciples and many others gathered in Jerusalem for Passover. The other is Shavuot, which is sort of a festival of of the first fruits of the harvest. And the third is Sukkot or the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a harvest festival. So that's the context of the day that we're going to be hearing about from the second chapter of Acts. Now in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus was still with the disciples. Jesus had been with them, sharing his life. They witnessed his death, his resurrection, his teachings. And they were in Jerusalem and he had told them that they would be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And he had told them that they should take the message to all Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, quote unquote. And they witnessed Jesus, the story tells us, being taken up to heaven. So those disciples who witnessed that and were told to be apostles to spread the message. Well, they returned from the Mount of Olivet, where they had witnessed the ascension, to Jerusalem, where Jesus had told them to stay to await this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the first chapter of Acts tells us that together with the other believers there, there were about 120 of them, men and women, And Mary, the mother of Jesus, is specifically named as being there. When the day of Pentecost, when the day of Shavuot arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a a sound from heaven, a sound from heaven like the like the howling of a violent wind filled the entire building where they were. And and they saw what appeared to be individual flames of fire alighting on, on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. It may have sounded a little like this. Padre sia fatta It may have sounded a little like that. Well, there were Jews from from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and when they heard this this sound, a crowd gathered. And they were mystified because they heard the apostles and those gathered speaking in, in their own languages. They, they were bewildered and they said, well, look, uh, aren't all of them who are speaking speaking Aren't they all Galileans? Look at them, every one of them. So how is it that, that we hear them speaking in our languages? Well, they were amazed, bewildered, surprised. Some of them said to each other, what do you suppose this means? But others, others just jeered at them saying, They're full of new wine. But Peter stood with the other apostles. And he declared in a loud voice, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this. Listen carefully my words. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, no. No, this is what was written and spoken through the prophet Joel. Listen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and the cloud of smoke and the sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day, all of this before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen carefully to these words. Jesus of Nazareth was a man whom God God proved his credentials to you through, through wonders, miracles, signs that God performed through him among you. You yourselves know this. And Peter went on to say many things. He, he testified to them and encouraged them and reminded them of the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus and of God's promises of grace. And he finished by saying, Change your hearts and lives. Be baptized in Jesus Christ and your sins will be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your family and those far away, everyone, everyone to whom the Lord calls. Those who welcomed Peter's message were baptized. And 3,000 people were added to the community that day. (laughs) They, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to shared meals, to their prayers and a sense of awe came over them because many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles all who believed were together they had things in common and they sold their possessions and goods and and the proceeds were distributed to all as any had need and every day they met in the temple They ate in their homes. They shared food with with glad and generous hearts, praising God and demonstrating God's goodness to everyone. And day by day, the Lord added to the community those who were being saved. Some people in Christian churches call Pentecost the birthday of the church. I've been in churches where we sing Happy Birthday, church. (laughs) And it may have been on that very Jewish festival day. It certainly was the beginning of that intense and fervent community. Of followers of Jesus. I need a couple notes of mine here. And I'd like to invite us to reflect a bit together. Whoops, I thought that was going in my pocket. I think I'll leave it here. Um, I'm putting this back on. It's something that I still, well, let's try it. And you can still hear me okay? Very good. Good. Thank you for answering because I need your voices for the next couple of minutes. Um, Let's just take a a minute to reflect together on this hearing of the story of Pentecost. First is, is, is a question, a simple yes or no question. I'm wondering, did you Already know, maybe some of you did, maybe none of you did, maybe all of you did. Did you know that Pentecost was already a Jewish festival? Aside from what how we as Christians understand and and celebrate it? Anyone here already know that? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's not a widely known thing, I think, in a lot of Christian churches. But I think it's very good for us to remember and recognize that. And I'm wondering, um, does knowing that impact your hearing of the story in any way. Um, Just think about that. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does. If we have any extroverts or others who would be interested and willing and raising their hand and speaking out and mentioning what kind of impact that might have on you, I'd love to to see if there's any response. Anyone here care to share? How? we have one right here. Randy's going to bring a microphone. Yeah, so we can. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It helps. It helps the online community. Thank you. Oh,
1: sure. Then I'll try to talk. Thank you very much. I have a very loud voice. I can't believe I raised my hand. I was married to a Jewish woman for ten years, and I attended a Jewish synagogue in Los Angeles, and I loved it because I was raised Christian in in a Methodist church, and I learned everything from that side. And Mm -hmm. now I love being here. And hearing it from this site and how everything fits together. It's everything fits together. So it was very helpful to um, hear something about multiple religions in a positive way and how we can all come together. Thank you.
0: I decided. Thank you very much. I decided I'm going to take this mask off so you can see my smile. Except I can't take it off because now I have it twisted into my mask. So I'm smiling. (laughs) Thank you very much for sharing that. Anyone else have a comment about how knowing that it, is and was a Jewish holiday, does that impact your hearing of the Pentecost story at all? Thank you, Randy, and thank you for for sharing.
2: Yeah, um, I'm Strider. Uh, I got raised Presbyterian and we didn't hear much about it, but I learned about it from Paul Simon, you know, and he's he's Jewish and, you know, she told me all about the Pentecost and saying, the girl as the road to my survival.
0: Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So. I am gonna take this off. I want you to see my smile. I can't take it off. Okay. <laughs> um, so now, now I'm now I'm in bad shape because I've got it all. <laughs> I apologize. I got it. All right, moving on. Just just ignore what's happening with the mask here. Um, so I'm also wondering a little bit about your experience of hearing and seeing the story told orally, which is different from having it read from a text or reading it silently yourself. Um, the oral tradition storytelling is very ancient. You know, back in the time of Jesus most people were illiterate and, and the stories were told. The stories were told orally. I'm wondering, um, did that impact your engagement with the narrative? To have it told as opposed to, or as contrasted with, having it read? And if so, how? Is anyone willing to pipe up with a thought or two about how that experience of hearing this story told as differentiated from being read? Did it, okay, let me ask a a leading question or two. Oh, here's a, over here, Randy, we have a hand up over here, thank you. Randy's gonna get his exercise. I think
2: for me, the difference uh, is impacts the humanity of it, the, the realness of the actual human experience of the day. Ah. Whereas I think for a lot of times just reading the text, it, feel, it can feel, for me, somewhat sterile. And so seeing it embodied the way mm-hmm. that you did, you know, helps me to really have a picture of all of these people and what it would be like to hear all of these different languages all at the same time and...
0: Thank you. Thank you for your comment out there. Anyone else have a, a reflection or a comment or a question about it? Way on this side, of course, Randy. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: As a person who is a visual learner, Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciate hearing the story and seeing you tell the story. Mm -hmm. That helps me uh, to understand the story better than if I just were to read it.
0: Thank you. It's much better. Thank, Thank you. you for that comment. Yeah, I, I actually work with and know a number of, of people, both you know, storytellers, clergies, biblical scholars, etc., where we work together to experience the embodying of these stories. Both because of actually both the points that our two commentators brought up, that it um, to embody it can help you imagine and understand perhaps and get into what the situation was as it was happening. And um, it helps us to connect with it here and now as well in different ways to embody these stories. Um, Yeah, uh, oral storytelling allows for, invites, and almost um, necessitates some amount of spontaneity or improvisation or variation or even personal interpretation and emphases. So here today, you saw this particular storyteller telling this particular story. If you see someone else tell the same story, it'll be a different experience. Um, Did you notice any moments of the telling where it seemed that I may have added some improvisation or a personal touch or something? Any aspects or details, and did that did that do something for your understanding or engagement with the story? Or did you even wonder, is that actually in the Bible at some point? Okay. Well, way up here, of course. <laughs> Excellent. You're going to thank me, Randy.
2: Someone in the far back can go next so we can yeah. get the exercise <laughs> get going. Yeah, well, I think the use of the props was oh. interesting when you actually pulled out the scroll, you kind of pictured Peter reading something yeah. specific. So that, I think that added a little bit to it too, Interesting. from a visual standpoint.
0: Th- thanks for commenting on that. It's just, I mean, who knows? It doesn't say he read it. Um, he, may, he may well have it you know, the story may have him have it um, by heart, or he may have read it. Um, It was a memory help to me. I thought, well, maybe here's a part I don't have to memorize if I can, you know, have Peter reading from a scroll. So I confess that much to you, you know, but yes, right here, another one.
2: I picture them, I picture them uh, up by the temple. I mean, I've been to Jerusalem, and I'm figuring that they were probably... uh, Somewhere around the temple. Obviously the women weren't allowed in the temple, but somehow they were outside. But there were women there
0: in that on that day. Acts one tells us that.
2: But I just I picture them gathered in a um, what was then a Jewish gathering place.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Any other kind? One, of course Randy, way in the back. Thank you. Good job back there. <laughs>
1: So I did find it interesting when you said, um, he said, no, they're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. I literally looked it up and was like, well, shoot, that's actually in the Bible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, she's checking me. She's checking. Yeah, I did neglect to tell you that what I was doing, I was telling, uh, I was using the, the, the CEB, the, the Common English Bible Translation, as my base translation. I have some variations from that for a whole variety of reasons. I have friends who are translators. There's the NRSV, so I, I chose a couple of different words. I did put a few of my own words in there, like, like I said, suppose. I, I remember I said, D- "What do you suppose this means?" Whereas in the Bible, it just says they ask each other, "What does this mean?" So yeah, there's some you know personal, um, in in this case maybe more colloquial, familiar language that I used. Um, but yeah, so. I guess, thanks for checking me. (laughs) (laughs) One more comment, if there is one in this regard? Okay. Um, Well, think about that because um, storytelling also encourages active participation. Now we had specific participation where, where we had a number of congregation members join me in that moment of sharing languages. And, and, and I thank them for that very, very much. You'll, you'll be introduced to each of them just a bit later. Um, but also just the comments I heard about what I was imagining, what I was seeing, and visual learning, there's an engagement. Even if you're just sitting there, just listening and just watching, because you're human and God has created us with imaginations, your imagination is engaged in the storytelling more so than when someone is reading from a text, which can also engage your imagination in that direction. But I'm so grateful to you for being here today and joining with me in the telling of the story because another thing is when a story is told by a storyteller, it's not the same as just memorizing a monologue or a poem or a speech and reciting it. You give the storyteller your energy and your attention, and it shapes the telling of the story. If I tell this story to another group on another day or maybe even to you on another day, it would be different because of what you, you add to the telling of the story and how the story comes out. So I want to thank you for your joining with me in that today. And just to finish these, this reflection, which, think about a moment, um, think a moment, please, of where do you see the good news in this story? Just think about that for a moment. We do that, Christians. We look for gospel, good news, in the stories of God and of our faith community. Where do you see good news in this story? Oh, we have a response over here. Thank you, Randy. Thank you I thought it was
1: in the confidence and the appreciation of hearing one 's own language um, while they were listening to many languages, but being able to mm-hmm. pick out their own nice and and that that uh, uh, sense of, of, uh, relief and holding (laughs) that, that it would bring.
0: Thank you for sharing that. One, I think probably our last one over here because I've lost track of the time. I
2: think many had
0: seen the miracles of Jesus.
2: Maybe some gathered hadn't. But the, what they witnessed that morning mm-hmm. was yet another sign that something far greater than anything that they knew was, was present. Mm-hmm. And it then elevated Christ, I think, mm-hmm. in a way um, that they may not have seen before, but it was pretty obvious that day.
0: Thank you. And I... Would like to say that I think that's a good note on which to end. Thank you for reflecting together on the experience of hearing this story on the day of Pentecost. Okay. Thank